Hey, Mr. Sambo, it's slow. Come for fun for the summer. I book a new room because they shut down the other. So grab your things in jam for a dollar. The people love banging when I don't check the cover. So I'm Welcome back to the Colin Thompson Show. I hope everyone is having an awesome day. Had an awesome weekend coming to you live July 18th uh, with a awesome episode ahead. I'm going to try to be as brief as possible. We go about an hour with one of the premier hosts at Barstool Sports, Spit and Jacklets, the number one hockey podcast in the world, Rear Admiral, Rear and really Brian McGonigal, uh, Barstool Sports. You'll hear me make fun of him in the beginning. Quick story behind that is he's at a Boston game. He's They're interviewing one of the players from the Bruins in the playoffs, and he goes, Brian McGonigal, Barstool Sports, with a real hard Boston accent. Already he's become a friend. Uh, he's a great guy, extremely knowledgeable about, about hockey. Crazy story about coming from a, you know a janitor to literally the premier host of a hockey podcast, you know the number one show in the world, and they do an unbelievable job from being philanthropic to having awesome news and stories and great hosts. And I, that's my number one podcast I listen to. Um, a buddy of mine, Steve, shout out to Steve Fingleton, really got me into it. I'm a big hockey fan. It's kind of my escape from football. And, uh, you know, huge Flyers fan, really disappointed how they did things this offseason. You know, it's a shame. I've been dying, you know, on the vine as a, as a Flyers fan. I've been trying to support them. I've been trying to, you know, put my neck out for them. I've been trying to defend what they're doing. I thought last season they made some nice moves, brought some good veterans in. They completed the team off. They had depth. They were rolling early in the season. You have three, three centers get hurt. Three starting, you know, top three line centers get hurt in hockey. You're done. It's not going to happen. The season's over. Well, you know, this year he trade away, trade, trade away Claude Giroux. He does not come back in free agency. There's no real direction in free agency. You know, they get rid of Oscar Limblom, who beat cancer and is a player that was actually a really good player before the cancer and all the treatments and then was trending in the right direction, you know, kind of a part of the quote-unquote farm system in Philly, and they cut him, they trade him away, and then they trade when they cut him, they – buy him out of his contract and they make a donation to cancer. Just, I don't know. It just seemed a little, you know, I'm happy for, you know, Oscar that he's beaten cancer and he's an unbelievable person from what I hear all accounts, but to get rid of a guy like that in the Flyers organization, that's a character guy. That's a player that's trending in the right direction. Who's young, who's fast skilled. Uh, that was really tough for me to see Oscar go as well as a lot of other players that they didn't resign or go after. Everybody wants Johnny hockey and Johnny Gaudreau. And we're going to get into that on the podcast with RA. But I think the one thing that people need to keep in mind, he's 29 years old. Yes, he's from the Philly area, but 29 years old, you're going to sign someone like that to an eight-year deal. He's not a center. I've talked about it with Jason Martinez on here before. So we don't need to get into it too, too deep with the podcast. You guys are going to hear all that with RA. Just disappointed Flyer fan here, um, you know, but not disappointed with what's going on with our friends over at Fudge Kitchen. Fudgekitchens.com. They ship fudge. They ship all of their sweet treats across the country. You know the drill by now. Go to the website. FudgeKitchens.com. Just pop on the website. Really easy to use. Really simple. Nothing too high tech. Go on there. You select your fudge. You can add all the flavors that you want. I believe you can do some mixing and matching too. They just have an awesome approach to how they handle their business, which is the fudge making business. Everything is spotless behind, you know, behind the scenes there. I've been able to walk through the business. Everything's spotless. The white sneakers, the the hats, the shirts, everything spotless. They're just how they go about their business. The kettle pots they use, the way they, you know, scrub the pots a certain way, the way they don't scrub their pots a certain way. 
you know, they just, it's just a really unique process. They've been doing it for 50 years over there at the original Fudge Kitchen. So treat your family, right? The summer's in full swing. We're in kind of the middle part of the year there. You know, enjoy it. But remember, when you're on your way home from the shore, grab some fudge and sweet trees. If not, send the shore, send that Jersey Shore saltwater taffy, the fudge vibe to some of your friends across the country shipping fudge and sweet treats, fudgekitchens.com. I said it last week, and I talked about it last week on the show, how important it is as we get to training camp here with the sleep and all these different things that come about, you know, the anxiety of leaving home. You know, a lot of players have to go through this. You know, I myself do, you know, just move to a new house and you build in and then you move in, all of a sudden you got to up and leave and the struggles with that and all those different things. And I get struggle with sleep, you know, just point blank period. A lot of athletes do, a lot of people do in general. We're just have a, a job that's physical on TV. We're no different than a lot of other people that struggle with sleep or, you know, having a routine and all the things about that. But at the end of the day, Psalm Sleep, and again, they're one of our sponsors, go on their website, get Psalm Sleep, use promo code Colin. It's great and all that, but I'm so lucky that our sponsors are like things that I really care about, have passion about. Get Psalm Sleep has changed my NFL career, point blank period. It has helped me calm down. The magnesium and the natural things in the drink have helped me calm down more at night, wind down more. I also, as a player, get home from work. You need a little 20, 30-minute nap. It's been a long day or it's an off day, and you take a longer nap than you want to. Right on the weekends, we've all done that, and then it screws up you know, your kind of sleep pattern. Psalm has helped me get back on track with that. So you take a nap maybe till 5 or 6, and you're, oh, man, that was way too late. I can't go to bed at 10 o'clock now. Well, take a Psalm sleep at 9, 9.30, boom. Helps you fall asleep gradually. You wake up in the morning, you're not groggy. So literally go and get some, get some sleep, use promo code Colin, any of our promo codes here at not for long media. Uh, all of our podcasts have the, you know, the sponsorship with get some sleep. So check them out, support your podcast by using the promo code, get some sleep, use promo code Colin. See Keek, our friends, you're going to a game this year. You can't beat it. 20 bucks off tickets that are over 50 bucks. You buy two tickets, you know, nowadays it's going to be over 50 bucks. Bring that price back down. Pump in that promo code Colin Thompson, C-O-L-I-N-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, 20 bucks off your tickets over 50 bucks with SeatGeek. Appreciate all our sponsors. We're very fortunate to have you guys in our corner. Thank you guys so much for your belief in Not For Long Media. Thank you to our fans, our friends, everyone who's dialed in. It's really cool. I appreciate everyone's support, their feedback, the text when I spell things wrong, all those good stuff. I really appreciate you guys really helping me row this thing in the right direction. We have an unbelievable team here at Not For Long Media. Great group of just young people that are motivated, trying to make this thing work. A team of about 15 or so, 20 or so people from host. I guess we have breaking news on here, and we're really excited to have a couple additions to our Not For Long Media family. It's no secret that I've been wanting to grow this thing. It started off as Not For Long Podcast in 2017 when I got cut from the New York Giants. Then a couple of years ago, it went from Not For Long Media. Then I rebranded my personal one to Colin Thompson Show. Then I started getting approached by people. Hey, listen, I want to start a podcast. Great. Breaking Bats joins us. Brian O'Grady says, let's do it. Boom, we're rolling. Brian's in Japan, one of the top baseball podcasts in the country. How cool is that? And we have Brian O'Grady doing that from literally Japan, international podcast. So such a cool job. He's with Justin Ayers, which is awesome. And Justin's a beast. And Jack and Justin, like I talked about last week on the pod, they'll be coming to training camp to cover what we're doing down there in Carolina. So then Breaking Bats happens. And then I reach out. You know, to a few different people, and there's more podcasts to come. I was just about to break some news that I'm not ready for yet, which is a football podcast that's coming soon. But then I have two friends of mine that I I got to know that are 
someone I looked up to in the business, two gentlemen and Harry Mays and Jason Martinez, two voices that you guys have heard on this show. And I reach out to them and I say, Hey guys, you have a great podcast. You want to come to not for long media? They said, yep, let's do it. Let's make it work. So we now have breaking news and not for long media. Ah, geez. With Harry Mays and Jason Martinez, make sure you guys follow it on Twitter. We're going to be really big with Twitter base. Two of the top all-time hosts in Philadelphia Radio Sports Talk history, which is a huge lineage and history of amazing hosts in that city. Harry Mays and Jason Martinez are joining us. Jason Martinez is the voice of the Flyers when it comes to radio, intermission, pregame show, postgame show. Jason Martinez does that in Philadelphia Radio. He also is the host of Flyers Daily, one of the top hockey podcasts in literally the country, you know, Spitting Chicklets and Missing Curfew and all these guys, they cover the whole league. Jason just talks to Flyers, and he's one of the top five, top three. He's been up top number one at one point in time. I know he was a podcast in the country. So Jason brings that expertise. Jerry Harry Mays, excuse me, swinging and ding it. Uh, 97.5 The Fanatic for 13 years. Just a legend. You know, work with guys like Tony Bruno and Sirius XM Radio. Uh, Harry's worked with a lot of different people. Uh, Mike Missanelli, Cataldi. Uh, just just a legend in the bit in the biz and you know someone I looked up to he, he was our color commentary on the sideline for Temple football when I was doing it when I was playing and then he got hurt and I jumped in his role when I got cut from the NFL NFL stands for not for long and Harry and I have been tight you know since I've been friends with Jason and Harry and now for them to work together we're colleagues somebody I looked up to to work with not for long media is tremendous so Aji's breaking news is joining us here and not for long media. Lots of banter and fun and not for long. More breaking news here at Not For Long Media. Our friends Bourbon With Friends, a huge podcast with a huge following. Check them out, guys. Bourbon With Friends, all social media. Check out their website. They are killing it. Connor and Paul, absolute studs. It's just two guys kind of sitting at the bar, talking about different bourbons they like or dislike or what's better than others. All these awesome guests like Ed Belfour, Terry Bradshaw, just awesome, awesome stuff out of our friends with Bourbon with Friends. We can't wait to really show them off to you guys because they're just a killer podcast, just like all our podcasts here at Not For Long Media, but they're our latest and new one. So breaking news at Not For Long Media, our friends with Bourbon with Friends have joined us. So really excited to have you guys. We have two more podcasts coming out. I can't reveal that, but we're going to be a total of six by the fall which is unbelievable and something I'm really looking forward to doing. So breaking news, Aji's and Bourbon with Friends, two awesome podcasts have joined our media company to align with now Breaking Bats and then my show, The Collins Thompson Show, which you listen to right now. So thank you guys so much for your support. So the Bar of the Week is picking up steam. I appreciate everybody listening and their thoughts. Listen, rate bars, please. If they rate high enough, we're going to go. We'll do the review right from it. So uh, with love... Absolutely would love uh, for you guys to send me your you know ratings on bars. Again, TVs, ambiance, cold drinks, good beer. And the last and final one that is slipping my mind is the service, is the service. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot to be, you know, discussed. People are saying you should be rating other things or that things. I try to find something, you know, that, that is equal for every bar because some bars don't have food right some bars you know may have a small bar but a great restaurant right restaurant bars they they're all in you know in the same uh, they're all in the same category so again go to a bar try it 
Tell me about your favorite bar. I would love to know more about it. So, okay. The bar of the week this week is the Moosehead Grill in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's in this little town called Momford down there. It's an awesome little place just south of the city, five, ten minutes. The Moosehead Grill is our bar of the week here, not for long media, at the Colin Thompson Show. I absolutely love it. Uh, shout out to all my friends at Charlotte who pushed this in that direction. It's a great place to go and have a beer and some wings. It's some of the best wings, if not the best wings in Charlotte. So when it comes to TVs, thinking out loud, I think I'm going to give it. I got to go back to the pictures here. I thought I was ready to go today, guys. I'm going to restart the segment because, you know, I want to get this right here because I, 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 I take this very seriously. But, okay, let's see. Let's take a picture here. Let's check out maybe the bar of the week. What are we thinking? What are we thinking? TVs-wise. Okay, the bar this week at the Colin Thompson Show is none on none. Oop, we're going to restart that over, too. This is great for our, our live and our viewing audience here as I'm screwing this up. But I want to be dialed in. I want to be dialed in for you guys. I want to make sure we're doing the right thing. All right, so the bar of the week here at the Colin Thompson Show is the Moosehead Grill in Charlotte, North Carolina, Momford. Love the area. Awesome bars in there. There's a lot of bars that could be up for the bar of the week. And who knows? They may be. We have 52 weeks to do this thing, and we're going to continue into the distance. So the bar of the week, Moosehead Grill, an awesome place. TVs, they're really good TVs. They're not great TVs. You're going there for the ambiance to watch a game. I think I'm going to keep. I'm going to give it a three out of five. The TVs are solid. They're not the best setup ever, but they're really good TVs. You get a great place to watch a game. So I'm going to give it a three out of five. When it comes to cold beer, and cold drinks and good drinks, to me, they are our first five out of five on the cold beer scale. It does not get much better than Moosehead Grill when it comes to cold beer. Ice freaking cold. So shout out to Moosehead Grill for doing that. The servers, the bartenders, fantastic. I may even go all the way to a five out of five. Unbelievable. The type of people that may know your name, you're going to walk in, they're going to say hi to you. The people, the servers are bustling around you don't just have one server per table they're they're humping they're they're they're, they're running everywhere the effort is through the roof you know they it's pretty cool they like run past the bar and they like yell the bar order out like bud light miller light you know whatever the drink man you vodka soda and they make the drink boom 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 for the people there's no like you know writing things down they just rip it and send it over so i'm gonna go five out of five on that and the overall ambiance in the food i'm gonna go five out of five I'm going to go five out of five. It's great bar food, and the wings are unbelievable, and the ambiance is fantastic. It's a former Pizza Hut turned bar. So it's got all the Christmas lights up. It's got just a cool, quaint atmosphere. It's probably got, I don't know, two you know two dozen bar stools around the bar, maybe a little less than that, maybe a dozen. It's got seating like the old Pizza Hut has, like kind of the funky shape. It has a little rooftop deck on it that probably seats another 20 people. So just because of the ambiance, the place is cool and the food is good. I'm going to give it a five out of five. Great ambiance. The service is fantastic. The bartenders are fantastic. I'm going to give it a five out of five on that. I'm going to give it a five out of five on the cold beer. Tremendous cold beer there. And then I'm going to give it a three out of five on the TV. So it's a pretty good score. 18, 18 for Moosehead Grill in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. That's our bar of the week this week. So, 
yep, uh, you know, that for me, guys, that's it. I'm going to send over to RA. We're getting wrapped up here. We're getting ready for NFL training camp. It's uh, one week away, really, from when this episode will drop. We report next uh, Tuesday, I believe, next Tuesday, the next Tuesday, the sorry, guys, I'm getting my calendar right. Report to camp on the 26th. So we're, we're going to be rocking and rolling with the run test on the 26th. And then we're off to the races all the way up until a preseason game with Washington on the 13th. And then I believe a preseason game with uh, the New England Patriots on the 19th or 20th. I don't have them, you know, in my head yet. I take it one day at a time in camp. And then we finish up with Buffalo at home as we finish up training camp. So it is, it is tiresome. It is tough, but it flies by and it's an unbelievable time. Time you'll never forget with your, you know, with your team. It's one way, really great way to get close. We're fortunate enough to go away to Spartanburg, South Carolina, uh, you know, with the team and get away from kind of life and, you know, reality and kind of hunker down and really get the focus. So excited to get to work with the Panthers. And, and, you know, another great year in Carolina. We always made a bunch of moves. Our team is extremely underrated, and I absolutely love that. I know our team does, too. We don't really care about that stuff. You can't control it, so why would we really care? You just can't worry about it. I digress. Uh, I love the hockey, as you guys know. There's no better guest than R.A., Rear Admiral Brian McGonigal uh, from Spitting Chicklets and Barstool Sports. Thank you, Brian, for joining us. I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing you in Boston and you, you, you know, showing me a good steakhouse in Boston when we practice against New England. And, uh, you know, again, big thanks to Brian uh, for coming back on the show again. I hope you guys enjoy it. Talked a lot of NHL, a lot of free agency, a lot of good stories about Wayne Gretzky and, you know, just the heyday of hockey back in the day that he remembers and then the current day. So a lot of really good stuff. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate your support. And thank you to our sponsors, the original Fudge Kitchen, fudgekitchens.com. Psalm Sleep, check them out. Guys, I'm telling you, it's life-changing. Tom Sleep, promo code Colin, and then SeatGeek, promo code Colin Thompson. Enjoy the R.A. Brian McGonigal Boston Sports Podcast. Well, here he is, folks. Brian McGonigal, Boston Sports. How we doing there, R.A.? Uh-oh, we're doing government names, huh, Colin? I'm going to have to have some sound your way to take care of that. What's up, buddy? Thanks for having me on, man. It's always a pleasure. It is a pleasure, man. You and this is uh, our tradition here, uh, usually around this time in the summer, two years in a row now. So I guess we can make it a tradition to have you on. I we go back and forth, you know, via DMs on Twitter every once in a while. And I appreciate you getting back. And I'll say this, man, you know, and I know you're you're along for the ride and you're loving this ride. You're a guy that seems like lives in the moment and has a ball and it really appreciates what you got going because you got the best show on the road, man. Like it's unbelievable. Your last episode with Kevin Weeks was just Kevin's big time. I mean, you guys are great. Uh, you guys have great guests. I'm just a huge fan of the show, man. Love what well, you're doing. Thank you, man. I, I, I appreciate that immensely. Kevin, he's, he's a great guy. He's, he's been on the show a bunch. He makes guys like that make it easy when they come on. It's like, all right, not that you don't prepare, but it's, you know, you, there's a familiarity there, a comfort level there. And, you know, it's it just, it's, it's real easy when Weeks he comes on. He's a great guy, too. Yeah. He's an absolute stud. He's an absolute stud. For, I got to, you know, touch on something you're known for a lot of things in this world but the one thing you're really known for is how you clean hats okay <laughs> you're it is a revelation i've had i've dm'd you for it i've done it it's fantastic can you just basic overview for our fans at home because a lot of us we rock the dad hat yeah we have a lot of them you and i your your collection's huge i'm working on your collection regretfully oh, to, to my wife she's not the happiest about it now she supports it but <laughs> you know my 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 
how, how do you do it? How do you clean your hats, Ari? So it's so simple, and I, I kind of stumbled into it. It's it's you simply you you go into the shower, taking a regular shower. You wear the hat in the shower, and you just wash it as if you were shampooing your head. Like I don't, I don't even have any hair left anymore. So I, so I just put. It, by the way, I don't do my Heisenberg hat that way. Just a regular dad hat. By the way, I don't know why they call those dad hats. I, I, anyways, you just put wear the hat in the shower, and you scrub soap on it as if it's your scalp. You take it off. You wash soap on the inside, uh, and then just you know. Get all the soap off, hang dry it, and it's as good as new. It's it's really that simple. You just wear it in, scr- like scrub it, like I said, as if it's your hair. Take it off, just clean the inside, hang dry it, and uh, the success rate is incredible. And, and I know people say, oh no, the dishwasher, uh, or what's the other one people do? Or you, you hand in the same. Dude, the dishwasher is the worst places to put a hat, especially old ones, because you got these high power jet streams that they're made to take grease off of plates, not to clean your hats. And you can ruin an old hat that way. Uh, I know they have those other things. That you, there's a little contraption you put your hat in. You can't beat going in the shower because it's gentle. It, it cleans it perfect. And uh, I get tweets all the time that like, oh my God, this thing is genius. So it's too bad I couldn't patent it because it's, it, it's a genius idea, but there's no money to be made, unfortunately. You know, Wit comes up with the pink wit name, probably makes a mill. You come up with the scrub hat. You, yeah. you need to deal with like Dove soap or something. I, I get retweets, you know. <laughs> That blog on that blog on chicklets has got to be one of the top viewed, you know, blogs for you. It's constantly getting hit up. You know, it's funny. I I, I do have it as my pinned tweet, and yet every every it seems like a couple times a month I'll get a, a random hey, you know, before and after picture, or like even <laughs> like like Coop uh, on Tampa Bay, John Cooper coach. He he hit me up recently. His his young kid wanted to wash a hat. You know, he he's like, hey, how do I wash the hat? I said, oh, just check the blog out. So it's, it's really become become a thing I'm known for. But. Just- there's a you know your first name basis with John Cooper, one of the best coaches in the NHL right now. He'll be a Hall of Famer, and you're just helping his son clean his hat. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 funny. I know, like kind of like the that's you know this job has kind of had brought me down some funny avenues and some strange avenues where yeah, I kind of scroll through my phone once in a while and you look at some some of the people you, you kind of become pals with or contacts with, and it, it's 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 been an adventure, man. It's certainly it's certainly been a fun ride. It's nothing close to over, you know. I know, man. I know. Are you guys. Uh, you know, I I don't even have to prep, you know, for for RA because I know <laughs> it's like I talk to you guys every week. You know, I listen every week. It's it's helping. I told we talked about this last time. It's helped me get through different things. It's helped me check out a little bit and go. And, you know, I'm a Mr. Football, and I got to do all this football stuff, and then I just boom, pop on hockey. It's been my getaway. That actually have leaned toward Premier League too. It's been kind of I I never was a soccer fan, but I, I've got into it through COVID. And uh, now I'm, you know, going to London next year to check that out too. I got to hit some pubs and have a good time. So yeah, it's amazing um, the amount of Americans uh, the last. I mean, even five, ten years who I've seen like dive into soccer. I mean, I like the game. I, I never get into the you know English Premier League or any of that. I, I'm somewhat familiar with it. I love when the World Cup rolls around. I love the international competition because soccer is not a game I grew up with. But like you know, my generation in Boston, it was, soccer was non-existent. Like it just. You know, it was the Pele back on the 70s played that, whatever that league was, the NASL, I think it was. And then it was nothing. And then, like, you know, 20 years later, it kind of became a, a sport basically around here. So I didn't even grow up with soccer. But it's a game I really appreciate. It's uh, I know people like, oh, it's kick, 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 you know, like usually hockey players and football players usually the ones that dump on soccer. But it's a, it, it, they call it a beautiful game for a reason. It, it really is a, an awesome game to watch. Once you get into it and learn how to watch the game, I think that's the most important thing I tell people is like, you just got to pick a team. Say, this is my team. I'm rolling with it. If you're a gambling man, put a little, yeah. you know, put, put 20 bucks on the game every week for them to win. And just, you'll, you'll, you'll get into it. That's what I suggest to people, but whether you don't have to gamble on or not, but just pick a team and roll with it. Just, 
there's a lot going on. We got a link up too. I forgot to tell you, and this is on air, but we come to uh, Boston for a preseason game. So I'll, I'll talk to you about that out there, but oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk yeah. about that, but I digress around here. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on here, but uh, whatever. Long story short, you know, a lot going on. Absolutely love what you're doing. There's, there's so much to tackle before we get into it. Touch on what what's going on like with you guys moving forward. I know you guys have events coming up here at Chicklets. Yeah, uh, well, season obviously kind of winding down with uh, free agency, the draft. Those are kind of last two two major events of the season. But we are holding another Chicklets Cup next week. I'm not sure when this sh- show is dropping, but uh, actually a week from today, the 21st in Buffalo. It's, uh, it's our third Chicklets Cup. Yeah, we had the first one in Detroit was. More or less a dry run, which was highly successful. Then we had uh, the second one in Vegas uh, that coincided with the All Star game, and this is the third one in Buffalo, which is city. You know, we we our goal is to get to every NHL city in the course of Chicklets, and we hadn't been to Buffalo yet. Perfect time, like all right, let's go up to Buffalo, have the Chicklets Cup up there in the middle of the summer. So we're going to be doing that in a week, uh, and that'll pretty much uh, wrap up our twenty. 21 22 calendar for, for chicklets and then uh, august we pr- pretty much take the take the month off i think we're still going to put in each an episode each week it, it'll just be an interview though it won't be like a, a traditional full episode when i was talking we'll just put an interview out uh, and then september fire it back up again i know we're going to kick off the season i don't know if we announced that yet uh not you know we're all going to be going to a, a major city uh to kick off I, actually i can't really spoil because it, it kind of coincides with some other uh, boston related stuff yeah uh, but it's a it's a Major American city we haven't been to in a while, and I'm, we're very excited to return. I'll leave it at that. How cool is that, though, man? Like for you, like you're right. You're it's it's you're a janitor, right? We talked about this before. Yeah. Like you like did it. You grinded. You're from a firefighter family, like Boston blue collar, lit from Charlestown, moved back to Charlestown, like, and then you go from cleaning floors literally to now you're a huge personality with probably the biggest media company and most interesting media company in the country, man. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's been a ride and you know, like the custodian gig and I had a lot of shit gigs before that, man. I know, I know what it's like to have a job that like makes you want to jump out the window. I've had a few of them and you know, I, I'm at the college and you know, I graduated 97 and tried to get media. There was no jobs in newspaper, right. And they were all drying up and yeah, I just kind of kept my finger in that blog pile with Boston and, and, you know, trying to get paid as a writer. And it turned out to be my big mouth that ended up getting me my, my bag, so to speak. So, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm grateful. I mean, it's, you know, sometimes you got to you know remind yourself or pinch yourself and say, hey, don't, don't you know, you know how lucky you have it. But, you know, I have those experiences to go back, you know, to, to, to be working in a, in, a, in a school making terrible, terrible dough and having a bad boss and just being miserable all the time. And and to, to, to going from that to this. Yeah, it's. It's a it's a whirlwind, and I'm very grateful for it. And I, I do pinch myself frequently to remind myself how lucky I am. You mentioned uh, North Adams State. You mentioned college. I, I think some of the coolest things are like, are you, right? You go to a small school, but there's like coaches in the NHL that you rubbed elbows with. Can you go into some of that stuff? Because I think that's a really cool part of your journey that's and your story. Derek Lalonde, man. Um, I was at they like said North Adams. I was there for '93 to '97, four and a half years. I was there. And I think it was maybe my junior year. I was doing work study with the hockey team. I was like, I actually got fired for my other work study job. I might have been fooling around my hours a little bit. So it was a blessing in disguise because they sent me to the hockey team to work. And uh, we got an assistant coach, Derek Lalonde. He he had just graduated SUNY Cortland, played hockey there, and he was getting his uh, master's degree. He was a graduate assistant. He was younger than me actually, and he was a quiet, quiet guy. You know, it was his first job, and you know, kind of was keeping his mouth shut, just learning the job. And you know, we got to know each other a little bit, and then. 
uh, you know, I went back to visit a couple of times as alumni and then he ended up moving on to another, you know, whatever the next job was. And, you know, we lost touch like as happens with college guys. And then about five years, five years ago, a mutual friend of ours, uh, my buddy, Evie reached out and said, Hey, did you know Derek's the assistant in Tampa? I was like, get the hell out of here. Really? I, you know, you just hadn't talked to him in ages. And so he got us back in touch a few years ago. And then, uh, you know, I texted him and we were kind of, oh, my God, that's, that's awesome. He's doing so good, blah, blah, blah. So then when they won the, the first cup, the bubble cup, I happened to be in Tampa when they were doing some of the celebrations. And he's like, oh, you're in town? Like, he goes, Dude, why didn't you bother me? Because, you know, I don't want to be like that pain in the ass, like mooching for a cup party with my reputation. So he said, oh, are you crazy? He goes, so they invited me to, uh, I think it was the video guy's day with the cup. Of course, it was COVID, so everything had to be kind of low-key because, you know, someone took a video of them passing the cup around. It was that's some the world was still being crazy about COVID and ratting on people on Twitter and shit. So I, I went to uh, the, the party at uh, Four Greenfields in, in downtown Tampa. It was actually the last night this bar was ever open. They kept it open specifically for, for the cup party. And that's actually the night I met Coop because I hadn't seen Derek in Christ almost 20 years. And he introduced me to Coop and me and, you know, some people you just click with or hit it off with. And so I met Coop that night and we kind of clicked that night and, you know, kind of been talking to and pals ever since. So yeah, me and Derek, you know, we're, we're kind of proud about that fact. Like, you know, we were both at this rinky-dink Division Three North Adams State, and they didn't even have a hockey team in two more years, two or three <laughs> years after he left. And, you know, he's now coach of the Detroit Red Wings, and, you know, Chicklets has had the success it's had. So, you know, for, for state schools, sometimes they get a bad rap. And, you know, I mean, hey, I went there because I'm, like I said, I'm a, a blue-collar background. I couldn't I couldn't afford to go to too many other schools unless I want to get, you know, get uh, what do you call it, uh, take loans up the wazoo, which I wasn't about to do. And, and, you know, it, it prepared me for for this life. There was no, like, roadmap for it. But if I didn't go to North Adams, this would have never happened, you know? You got to go. You got to take a shot. You got to, you know, just do and think, do what you think is best at the time. And I think, that, like, a message for a lot of kids, because I work with a lot of kids and mentor a lot of kids, especially, like, young football players. They're like, I got to go to the shiny toy school or I need a scholarship to go to this place. There's a million ways to skin the cat, man. Yeah. And, and now you get to, like, the cool part is, like, you meet Coop, right? John Cooper, he's the head coach, Sam Bay Lighting, for those that are listening at home that don't know what we're talking about. And he's a stud. He's a young coach. He's a really good coach. They could have three-peated, really, not that far from it. And yeah. uh, I wanted them to. I'm a big, like, Dynasty guy fan. And I know, you you know, like, I want to people to say, oh, so, you know, if everyone hates Alabama, we'll find a way to beat them. You know, when the Patriots yeah. were. Like the Michael Jordan thing, you know, back yeah. in the day. I love that. Like, I don't root against those teams. I used to, I guess, as a kid, because it was like kind of the thing to do. And the older I got, I was like, wait, so we're rooting against, right? And aside from LeBron, like politically and all that other stuff, like as a player, like we're rooting against the, him winning like four in a row. Like, why? Now, yeah, other things coming up. But like Tampa, I was like, no, I want them to win another one. Like, I want them to four-peat. And they've made a lot of nice moves, too. That You know, they're yeah. – GM is unreal. They're on the, they're on a great track. And yeah, I was rooting for them. You know, I, now if I had not become, you know, friendly with guys, the guy on the team and that maybe I would not have been rooting against them. That was one of those, whoever wins, I'm going to be happy for, but I was definitely yeah. hoping they got the three P, but then conversely, it's like, you know, Nate McKinnon, man, he's been at it nine years and Jared Bednar, who I, who I've got to know a little bit too. And, you know, he's a great guy and it's like, man, you, you're happy for, for these guys too. So it's, that's the thing about the job. It's like, you kind of root for individuals too. You kind of root for people more so than teams. Now I'm still a Bruins guy. I'm always a Bruins guy. I'm a diehard. But once they're out of it, man, yeah, it's about rooting for guys you like and guys you know, and and, and you kind of go that way about it. It's gonna be cool. You're gonna be able to text the head coach of the Detroit Red Wings to say what's up, man, because <laughs> you guys used to whatever used to yeah. sneak him drinks because he was probably underage in college or whatever. It was. <laughs> 
No, like Derek didn't. He was a good. He was a good boy. He didn't go out too much because because there were only two bars up there, and it was the players. So he didn't want to be like around where the players were. Yeah, yeah. Well, transition to growing the game here. Well, yeah. let's, before we go to growing the game, well, you guys grow the game tremendously, obviously, and this is something that has grown the game and brought people together socially is Pink Whitney. Like I, we talked about it before, and you know, I, it's an unbelievable thing what's going on. But like, what's that been like? Because I walk into every liquor store and it's right in the front. It's crazy. It's it's, it's wild. It was like I said we were talking before the show. New Amsterdam was a, a presenting sponsor. Geez, I want to say four or five seasons ago, and. It was the initial ad was like, you know, riff on how you like your New Amsterdam. And, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm probably more of a beer wine. Well, even maybe now a tequila mezcal guy. So I gave a kind of Don Draper answer with the twist or whatever. Cause you know, vodka is probably not my first choice of, of, uh, of the spirit. And Whitney gave his honest, uh, the answer. I like it, you know, uh, Paul Nolan pig lemonade, which is how he takes it. And, uh, and that all of a sudden everybody was making that, that mix, you know, there was no name for it. And, Everyone was tweeting pictures back, and one one guy I come up with a name, and I geez, I'm surprised he hasn't come for his pound of flesh yet. But uh, who threw the name out the hashtag Pink Whitney, and and then that stuck, and then that got the ball rolling. With geez, let's do something more with it. And and even when 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 New Amsterdam came out with the initial um, drop of it, it was only supposed to be a seasonal thing or a one one time thing. And you know the sales were so through the roof. They like we'd be crazy to stop selling this. I mean, people want it. Like we can't make this a limited thing, and and it became a permanent. Uh, a permanent brand as far as i know permanent and uh, you know it's caught across over all demographics so like all four court it's not like you know i know hockey you know it's thought of as you know white guy sport whatever pink whitney is anything but like a white guy drink i mean you, you just saw the de- different demographics of look people don't even know what hockey or basketball or chiclets is they kind of wander into it in that way and then you do have the people who find it through hockey you know you see sororities building you know uh bottles of you know pyramids and castles in their sorority houses and then you know you know, like you know black neighborhoods and there's and there's a black guy who does like mixed drinks on tv and he's a big pink whitney guy so like i said it's kind of just found this reach into all, all different uh, diverse um uh, customer bases and, and it's it's just been a, a wild wild ride yeah man it's it's good stuff i love sipping on it uh it's it's a great product and i'm just so happy for you guys it's it's a huge driver obviously business-wide for you guys and it that's just keeps things ticking and rolling and having a blast Talk about growing the game and crazy people, and that's Biz. Paul was wow. that. I mean, that guy's an absolute animal, and I can only imagine, right, because we only see probably 30% of them on the podcast. You guys know him. Wade always says he's constantly calling, you know, like he's just dialed in at what he does. Talk about TNT this year. Obviously, ESPN, like you always say, like when you go into a bar, you go into a CBS, you go into a whatever, anything that's got a, like a little TV in the corner, like ESPN's on, whether – Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just said a pharmacy has TVs, which they don't, and that's that's a fine on me. But, but anything that just you know that has a casual TV in it, whether it's a bar where you go to or a place that you're not even going to sit in, ESPN's on the TV. It's just natural; mm-hmm. you just put it on, right? And there was many times this year where you walk in and hockey's on the TV, and I'm like, cool. And people are dialed into it; people are watching it, just like they're casually watching an NBA game or an MLB game or whatever it may be. So it's been huge for the game, but more importantly to me is Turner and what they've done. Because of the product the basketballs had, right? And now they're trying to mimic that with with hockey. What's the impact on that? It's been fantastic. I see. It's been huge. I mean, I I, I don't know the actual numbers, like the ratings wise. I know the, the TNT ratings with with through the roof this year. And I would say yes, largely because of biz. I mean, obviously the product, the game itself is 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 the draw. But I, I don't know that TNT knew what they were getting with biz because. Uh, he just brought it. I mean, he, every week he, he he was having people tune in. I mean, I'm going to watch him anyways. He's my 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 friend and my coworker. But 
I, I think a lot of people like, oh, I'm going to turn off a biz by the, by the second or third episode because you just didn't know what he was going to say or do. And and because it's TNT and, you know, it's people forget it's cable. So you, there's no FCC guidelines. Like people, uh, FCC guidelines only, only apply to over-the-year um, channels like ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, anything that's free. Like, so uh, TNT is, is – uh, you know, it's you have to pay for it, so you're not beholden to FCC. So when Biz dropped the bullshit or whatever asshole, whatever, and everyone's like, "Oh no," it's like, "No, there's nothing to worry about." I, don't think, I mean, if his bosses might come and say, "Hey, he can't do that," but there's no like fine story about. It. You're not going to get any federal fines because it's a cable channel, and he just sort of pushed that envelope. You know, you don't want to do it all the time. Like on, the show is one thing on checklist, but you don't want to be swearing every week on, on TV. But even if once in a while, it kind of it, it's a little excitement. It's a little like, "Oh my god, what's he going to do next?" But uh, Paul, I call, I compare him, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, I don't know which is which in this scenario, but he on the, on our show, like he can be a total goofball out to lunch. Uh, and then it's like something switches when he's on TV and he's like, he's becomes this like X's and O's analytical down. He can break the game. Crazy. Down. You're like, Oh my God. Cause I mean, you, you know, when you play in the NHL, people like, you know, like I know Whit always gives him shit cause he's stunk. Listen, you have to be a tremendous hockey player to play in the NHL, whether you are just a fighter I don't want to say justified or whether fighting's your thing or whatever. So you have to understand the game at that level. So when I, sometimes I watch Paul on TNT and I'm like, wow, man, the, uh, he, he's really breaking this down outstanding here. Uh, and it's a, a different version of him than sometimes we get on chicklets. But yeah, the popularity with, with the with the league this year in a more general sense has been unreal. Uh, the, I know the ratings were up on ESPN as well. I know people have their issues with ESPN. So, you know, whatever other reasons that the, the, the channels change, whatever. Now, as far as the game presentation on ESPN, uh, I thought there was some positives to it. You know, Sean McDonough, I think, is a great game call. Whatever sport he's doing, Ray Ferraro is great. Uh, Weeksy. Uh, I thought some of the other things, I don't want to, you know, bash people individually. I thought there were some other things they really needed some improvement on. Uh, but TNT did a smash-up job. I mean, you know, Kenny Albert on play-by-play, tremendous. Edzo, uh, Jonesy. You know, and, and then in the booth, you know, like not just uh, I'm sorry, the studio, you know, you got Liam and you got Wayne Gretzky, who, you know, him and Biz have like they got a bromance now, which is kind of an offshoot of all this, too. And, um, you know, Rick talking. I just think the game is at such a level right now, Paul, that, you know, we just got Colorado and Tampa, which was the matchup we all kind of wanted. Ideally, it would have gone seven games, but we got a great six game fin- uh, final out of it. Um, you know, we had a draft that. It was probably the most uh, exciting, I guess, the last few years. You know, Montreal making the big trade and Gary Bettman kind of being a ham and egger and having some fun with it. And, and then the free agency, man. Like, you know, sometimes it's a big dud. And we got a, a monster day the other day. Johnny Gaudreau going to Columbus. I mean, talk about high drama. So we've had the season and then we had the draft. It's like everything has just been getting bigger and bigger. And uh, it, it just makes me more excited for next season. Because, yeah, hockey fans can, can be a little exclusionary sometimes. And, you know, I go about this sport and, you know, on, online and it's like, just let everybody enjoy it, man. Not everybody grew up with it. Not everybody knows every little rule. Excuse me. Uh, not everybody knows everything about us. So, so I don't want to blow my nose on camera. I know how rude that is. But You're good. Just restart. You're fine. There's so much. Uh, there's so much like like more potential for growth of the sport, and that's a, that's you know that's not our uh, set goal for us. It's sort of like okay, yeah, but if we do help bring in. Uh, some from some viewers ideally so yeah yeah we're trying to grow the game i mean our game is our goal is to entertain but yes we, we want to grow the game and, and bring more viewers in and 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 the more the merrier you know what i mean and, and the league makes more money the teams make more money everybody makes more money the league gets bigger and and, and that's the goal here, you know i mean you're in, the, you're in the biggest league in the world right now so you, you know the drill you know blow your nose Ari. you're good we'll edit it out <laughs> no, I, I got it yeah i got it out <laughs> all right cool so 
no, I mean, th there's so much to tackle there. First off, I'll say this. We had Kenny Albert on our podcast. And Kenny is honestly one of my favorite people of all time. If, if I know you guys have a ton of different people coming on and different masters of the game. Kenny's called a million hockey game. He's a great guest. You guys don't need any more guests at Chicklets, but he's a really no, great guest. We, we have him. We got a, a, the, the potential guest list about a mile line. Ken, Kenny, I actually, I met him down. I'm not down out in Edmonton and, and we, we, we're going to have him on at some point. We got, you know, we got such a, a good guy, man. Like I met him in the hallway. He was calling our game against the Cardinals and I, boom, I knew him. I'm like, all right, I'm always go up and introduce yourself. Like, I don't care. Any, like who cares? Like I, I always, yeah. I, you know, I had regret like one time. I'm like, I will never do that again. Kenny, yeah. big fan yeah. of your work. I play for the Panthers. It's a pleasure to meet you. Boom. We talked for 30 minutes in the hallway, gave me his personal cell phone, whatever, whatever you need. Just, freaking pro came on the podcast i just you know are there some of those like we talked about this before like when you ask you have like 10 things prepared i asked two questions he talked for an hour it was a great episode you know when you get guys who can talk like i mean when we interviewed gretzky man he made it so easy like because i mean he's been he's done it a million times gretzky with interviews but it was like he made it easy he would just like have a story tuned up or i would you know like you say ask him a question and, and he'd give you a five five six seven minute answer and to go back what you just said to kenny about going up to him. And I, I always say that whether it's sending a tweet to somebody, you know, if, if you, if you like somebody or something they do or went for a living, always tell them and don't be, you know, cause I know it can be awkward. Like, Oh, don't be a fanboy. Well, it's okay to be a fanboy, a fangirl. It's like, it's normal life. This is what life is. Like exactly. I, I tell the young kids, stop watching social media and thinking that's awkward. That's normal to introduce yourself and say, I'm a fan of your work. Yeah, or, or even if it is on social media, like to you know, so I'm you know I'm in a position where people like reach out to me, and you know it's a it's a blessing. That's that how happens. we met. That's how yeah. we met. Ex yeah, exactly. I'd say, hey, like I like what you do, man. And it's like that's like not everybody gets to hear that about their job. So when you can hear it from 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 anybody, it's a it's a real compliment. And then yeah, it's just like like because I do you know I've been doing it for years on Twitter. Just reach out to someone. Hey, like you know I love this movie. And, Oh, uh, I like the show you were in, and, and it, it can start a conversation. It could get ignored, but you know, I think it's always never, never be shy about telling somebody you appreciate what they do, whatever, whatever there is they do. We'll get back to Wayne Gretzky in a second here, but you brought up your acting career. You are a thespian. You were in the town, which is a fantastic movie and one of my favorite movies of all time. A great Boston movie. Yes. And you were just in Shorzy. Talk about Shorzy. Give us the sales pitch and uh, fill our listeners in on what it's all about. Shorzy, man, what a what a Fun, fun uh, adventure that was. If you're familiar with the show Letter Kenny on Hulu, oh, I got, I got it's one of the few times I pronounce my R when I say Letter Kenny. Letter Kenny, it's a, uh, it's a show, a Canadian show, wildly successful. Went to Hulu, became sort of a cult classic. Uh, it's written, directed, produced, created by Jared Kiso, uh, brilliant guy, awesome fella, and he did a, a spinoff called Shorzy on one of the players from Letter Kenny, and uh, I think a lot of people are expecting. You know, it to be a different uh, type of character because you know when you see him on Letterkenny, you, you don't even see him actually. You just hear him and you see the back of him. That he was going to be this sort of profane goofball, whatever. Uh, and then Shorzy, he he made the show about this one guy, and it was sort of this whole new world. So you don't have you don't have to have seen a second of Letterkenny if you if you watch it, great. But you don't have to see Letterkenny to know anything about Shorzy. You can just dive in. And he created this world of Shorzy where like this guy who's yeah he's somewhat of, of a meathead and summary guy, but. He gave this guy, this character, such like an emotional depth and a background where you could like, okay, he, you don't, at the beginning of the show, you're like, oh, sure, this guy's a donkey. And by the end of the show, you, you understand the guy and you understand like why he's the way he is. And that's because of the writing that Jared Kiso did with this guy. Uh, he's basically a hockey player in a senior league in Ontario. And 
Uh, the team's about to fold. There's, you know, like kind of elements of major league on there that, you know, the team owner threatening to close the team down. I know kind of rambling a bit, a bit here. It's basically about a, it's basically about a minor league hockey player up in Canada and uh, all the exploits of, of what's going on in his life. It's a very Canadian show, but you don't need to be from Canada to appreciate it. Uh, it's the very first, I would say, hockey sitcom. I know I, I said that people criticized me. I know Comedy Central had that bench warmers a few years ago. It kind of came and went. The few people saw it. It was nothing like Shorzy. Like, like Jared Norton got real hockey players, turned them into actors, because that's a lot easier than getting actors and trying to make them hockey players. Uh, and the results were great, man. The show is legit funny, and obviously I'm in it, so I'm going to praise it, but I'm not just saying it because I'm in it. It's genuinely funny. You can check it out on Hulu. Six episodes in the first season, the half-hour episodes. You can you can binge the season in a couple hours. And uh, I have, I think, maybe one or two people who've like replied that it wasn't for them. And thousands of replies will let people love it. It's just a genuinely funny, hilarious, hot woman show. Um, and I don't think that people would be disappointed. And yeah, I, I, I had a couple scenes in it as well. What was your role in it, R.A.? My role was uh, Brian McGonagall as R.A. So I was playing myself, but I, I dialed, like, I'm a Bruins fan, but I, I think I'm more of a reasonable Bruins fan. Like, I'm not like a, you know, every fan base has its donkeys, Boston included. So I kind of just dialed it up to an 11 to still line from Spinal Tap. So I was kind of the uh, the donkey Bruins fan, but, you know, still kind of myself. So it's weird when you, you're acting, but you play it, but you're playing yourself. But it's a great experience, man. Like, you know, the night before, I, I had an 11 page scene, and I was like, I started shitting my pants a little bit because it's like, you know, it's not, you know, we're not making a David Finch movie where you got to every period or every like uh, space has to be like the perfect thing. You know, it, it, every word has to be because that's where I get nervous. And then I, I ran lines at one of my co-stars and I listened to that. I, I, I feel like I didn't even say on that, but you're good. We sat in the hotel room and, and, and you know, we ran lines and it put me at such ease because it's like, oh, OK. And he said, listen, he's going to tell you to just make the, the, the line your own. Like it just convey the same point of the line but do it in your own words. I was like, Oh really? So I was, so I basically was kind of like writing my own jokes out, write my own lines. And that as a, you know, a guy with, with a little bit of a writing background and a huge TV fan, that was a huge thrill to be able to like write my own stuff that I used and got ended up getting used in the show. I mean, from, from that perspective, it, it, it was, it was dynamite. So yeah. And then all the other thing too, I didn't know until the night before, like the, I, I mean, I could have read it a little closer, but it, it wasn't crystal clear that I was going to be in the first scene of the series. So like when the series starts, you know, episode one, scene one, I'm in that first scene right away. So that kind of added another level of like, oh, oh yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you do it, you do the show and, you know, we did a, like a rehearsal. Then we do, did a couple takes. It was sort of like Clint Eastwood style, like no fussy, no, you know, no dilly dally. We just kind of got through it. And then afterwards, Jared came over and gave me a big bear hug and said, man, you crushed it. You exceeded my expectations. And I says, that's it. I I, I, I nailed it. Like, he's the one guy I needed to satisfy. Loved it. And whatever the internet has to say, bring it on. Because I, I, I <laughs> Joe, he loved it. And that's the only guy I needed to satisfy. So, Are they coming like, back with season two? Oh, yeah. Yep. Season two. I Are don't know. It's been officially announced. Uh, I, I would imagine... I will be in season two. If, 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 when it, whenever it gets made, you can look for me in season right. two. It's nothing official, but I, I'm pretty sure I'll be in it. I am holding off for training camp. I stockpile one or two shows for training camp that are happy-go-lucky, that are get me away from things. I think I'm going to rewatch Sopranos. Not as so happy-go-lucky, but I think I have to. Obviously, our man, Paulie Walnuts, passed away, sadly, and Shorzy. Talk about Paulie Walnuts, man. I, you talked about him last week on the episode. A lot of them. You know, American kind of quote unquote gangster icons passed away. You talked about it on the episode, but Paulie Walnuts is the one I know the best, and probably I think everybody knows the best. Yeah, uh, it's it, it, he. 
I refer to him as, you know, one of the, the, the most vital characters on that show. And when you kind of pause and think about it, obviously Tony's the big one, but I mean, Polly Walnuts is, I would say the second most popular character on that show. Like, I think he he was a gangster in real life earlier. You know, he did time for armed robbery and he was a stick up guy and got arrested a bunch. And so he was almost like sort of method acting, you know, 30 years before he needed to do all that stuff. He, he sort of had that background. So I think he had a, a natural inclination to that world. But then just the way he just the subtle things he would do with the faces or the oh, or the way he did his fingers, oh. and, you know, like he just he was perfect for that role. And, and you know, I, I, it was 79 years old. And I don't I think he had that dementia. I think he, he had kind of faded a little mm. bit in the last couple of years. And, you know, like to, to mention, you mentioned the day before that, James Kahn played Sonny Corleone. And a few weeks before that, uh, Ray Liotta played Henry Hill. And it's just like I said on Chicklets last week, the idea that the three of the most vital characters. I mean, you know, you have the American like pop culture mob history. It's Goodfellas, the Godfather and the Sopranos. I mean, from the, on the Italian spectrum, you know, obviously you get some Irish gangster stuff and some Jewish gangster movies and whatever, but on, on the Italian spectrum, that's the, 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 the Holy Trinity right there. And to have three main characters from those three all go in, in, in such a short period of time, it was sad. And it was just a weird coincidence too that like from this, this sort of milieu, this sort of world that, these guys went, man. It, it was terribly sad. And, you know, James Conn, I mean, absolute legend, too. We can't talk about Paulie Walnuts and I'll talk about Sonny Corleone. And, you know, he was, you know, he had a, a, a hell of a life, too, 80, 82 years old. And, you know, he also made a bunch of other movies, James Conn. I mean, I talk about it all the time, the movie Thief that Michael Mann directed. Uh, Michael Mann, terrific director. He directed Heat, Collateral. Uh, God, I said, said her name 15 other movies, Miami Vice, uh, Ali, t- tremendous director. That was the first movie he ever directed uh, in Chicago. And James Conn. And it's a movie, sometimes people, you know, I think modern audiences don't have as much patience. I, I don't think, uh, I'm not picking on young guys, but like, you know, people uh, have ADD now. They just don't watch things like they used to. And, you know, I sit back and movies don't breathe anymore. That's the word I use. Like a movie like Thief, like it's an open in nine minutes. I think there's two words in it and, it and it's him cracking a safe and then, and then drive it off. And it's like, it's like an artistic quality to that. Some people might shut it off three minutes in and like, this is boring, but it's like, then maybe it's movies just not for you. You know what I mean? Like I, I still love both the old seventies and eighties movies like that, but yeah, RIP Polly Walnuts, uh, Tony Sirico, just a, a guy who was uh, acting, you know, bit pots for 20, 30 years. He never had that big break. And then, you know, you never know when life is going to give you the gift that, that you're going to give back to everybody. And everybody know, knows him as that. And the other thing too, did you know, are you a big Godfather fan? I am, but i I'm not as dialed in as I need to be, probably because of work and whatever travel. I, I've only se- I've seen it, but I need to watch it like five times. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. I, you gotta, I mean, I've, you got to watch it. Like you mentioned our Sopranos rewatch when you, when you watch something. I've seen Sopranos probably six times. Okay, and you and I bet each time you do, you find something new about it. Like like it's it's like something like The Wire because when you watch it the first time, you're watching on the sort of macro level, like all right, the general sense of what's going on. So then the third or fourth time, you know all that. So now you're sort of watching the background, the little subtle clues you're picking up. Well. Going back to, to Polly Walnuts, I didn't know this. I, he's actually not in the credits, but his first speaking role, um, he's one of the Rosado brothers in The Godfather Part Two, which, because Dan, I always knew Danny Aiello was one of them, and you don't even recognize him, and because he, he says, "Oh, there's a cop." That, that was his first line ever, like in, in any movie. And I said, "How did I not know that?" And I, I read an old article when, when Sirico, Tony Sirico died, and it was like, "Oh, he was one of the Rosado brothers in The Godfather Part Two. And I said, "Geez, he's one of these other guys who." You know, I mean, there's a handful of them who are either in the Goodfellas and the Godfather. So, like that, to, to be in all three of them, which 
uh, you know, and, and that world is it, a pretty crazy thing. So, yeah, RIP to a couple of, to a couple of classic mobs this late. Couple of OGs. There's some really good stuff. Okay, so there's a lot to, to talk about here. And I've really been want to ask you because I know how it means to you. You're a hockey fan, you're a hockey lifer, and you got to interview Wayne Gretzky. Pretty cool relationship, pretty cool interview. Um, talk us talk to us about that. Uh, the whole oh the Gretzky thing. Um, yeah, it's funny. Everyone's like, Oh, when you getting them, when you get them, then you know, Biz started working them and they started developing a relationship. And I had met his sons a couple of years ago with the All-Star game in St. Louis. And I was with uh, Trevor, his son out in Vegas during the Chicklets Cup. And, and he, I think he brought up like, Oh, when you, you know, you should get my old, the old man on. What's funny is they, they don't call him dad. They call him, they call him Gretz, which is kind of funny. It's that is great. Gretz. <laughs> like you should, I'm like, you shit me. Like, yeah. Like, fuck yeah. Like, well, let's do it. He's like, yeah, just, just come down to Atlanta sometime. And, you know, I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we kind of got the ball rolling there with, with, uh, with Gretzky and, uh, Excuse me, one sec, call. I gotta put my air conditioner. I, I, I'm sweating my ass off in, and I'm in a closed room. Can I get? You're good, bud. Take All your right, Sorry, pal. My old lady went out, didn't put the AC on for me. Um, okay. No, so go, go, go back. About, talk about just, just your interview with Gretzky. Yeah. So, so Gretzky, yeah, we, we went down to Atlanta. Biz, you know, that's where they do the TNT stuff. That's why it was in Atlanta. Um, and yeah, you know, it, you try to just go through them. I don't say go through the motion, but I, I try not to get overexcited. I mean, it's Wayne Gretzky, but you also want to prepare like you always do. I, I try to prepare the same way. And, and that's what I did. I mean, I prepared way more than probably usual because it's like, how do you prepare for an hour, an hour interview with Wayne Gretzky? It's just, it's almost impossible to talk about his career in an hour. So you kind of sort of try to segment that, segment it a little bit. Um, but, you know, a lot of people ask me, oh, were you nervous? Were you nervous? And I'm like, you know what? I, I wasn't. I mean, there have been maybe one or two times I might get a little, the heartbeat gets up a little. Like, you know, when we had Cam Neely, you know, he's my favorite player ever. And he's not known for doing interviews. He's not particularly media friendly. And so when we had Neely, I was like, I was probably more excited in, uh, about that just because, you know, it's your personal favorite player and he's, you know, kind of going out of his way to come see. And, you know, with Gretzky, it was like, oh, this is, this is awesome. I, I love, but I didn't, I didn't sort of get that nervousness, which I think was good because I was, I think I was just kind of in the moment. And like I said, he come in and, and you know, him and Biz have, uh, you know, a, a repartee, their pals at, at this point. Uh, and he just made it easy. Like he just, you know, like you would ask him a question and, you know, because I'm sure he said everything 10 times already because he's Wayne Gretzky. He's in his 60s. He's had 9 million interviews. But so you're trying to maybe find something that either he hasn't said or maybe he said it so long ago that nobody, you know, of our generation has heard it before. And, and I think we did a good job of that. I was really proud of uh, how the interview went. Again, Wayne made it really easy for us with long answers and, you know, ha having having the fun personality he has. But, you know, like I brought up the, um, the documentary, the 30 for 30, um, that – uh, Peter Berg made up King's Ransom. And I said, like, that was the first time, uh, to my knowledge, that Gretzky really acknowledged having a role in his getting traded. I mean, he was more or less pulling the strings for it, you know, because he, you know, I think everyone had this, oh, oh Wayne, great, Wayne got traded and he was all shocked. So I got traded and, 
you know, I think that was sort of the perception, like he that he had nothing to do with it. Uh, and no, he was underpaid, and he he very much had something to do with it. But the whole thing about the Detroit Red Wings, I I had no idea about that. I never read it. I didn't hear it. So when he said, uh, "Oh, my dad told me, oh, you don't want to go," that was yeah. Everyone thought, you know, he went to LA because his wife was an actress and blah blah blah. Meanwhile, like her act, she didn't really do much acting after that. She basically like they made a family and they had they had their kids. So when he came out and told the story about you know, Detroit, I was kind of like, oh my God, I, I don't know if it was a scoop. I'm sure like he probably told it before, but our audience hadn't heard it. So to get new stuff, what, what was new to us out of Gretzky, that was huge, man. It was a couple other things he told too, like just stories of of, of the game where, again, I, I, if he mentioned them before, they were new to us. So yeah, we got, uh, I think, close to an hour uh, out of him. And, and even I thought we could have kept going for more because sometimes if a guy, you know, you might have a, a time, set time with a guy and, um, you know, it's like, we'll go over. But he, I think Wayne, we probably could have did an hour and a half on him, but, but I, we didn't want to be discourteous and, and keep him longer than you know, we said we were going to. But Biz was able to get like, hey, if we're doing this next year, we'll do another interview next year, which is a perfect play by him. So ideally, this will be a, a yearly thing with Wayne Gretzky as long as they're on TNT. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that would be a heck of a person to have it be yearly with. And I, honestly, it, it's not even a big deal because just like you are, we're having Coop on now because you have that personal relationship with Coop. Uh, you know, it, it's just something like, hey, he works with, he just wants to be treated like one of the guys, right? Like Taka always talks about when I hear when Taka is like, yeah, we just go to happy hour and have apps. You know, we just do stuff like that. Like, you know, he's just one of the, one of the guys. So he's going to want to pop on. That's that's the thing too is like, you know, with and, and you know, I'm not, old, I'm old now. I'm an old guy basically. And then the, to be working on this world and the internet and, and podcast and all that. So you get older and not, not that you're jaded or whatever, but you know, it takes maybe different things to get your heartbeat uh, getting up as, as if you were 25 or 30. And I think that's something forget. I and mean, you're a pro athlete is like, you, you, you just got, you're just people, you just right. You're just regular guys and gals. And you happen to have a very, very unique job that, that, you know, only specific set of specific number of people on the planet can do this job. But at the end of the day, you're just a person. And it's not to minimize anybody. It's just like, you know, I, I think we've kind of put people on pedestals and it's like, no, they're just regular guys. A lot of these guys and like Gretzky, he's just a regular dude. Like afterwards we sat down in the, the hotel bar and, and, you know, had a, had a bite to eat. And then, Oh, it's all I scared. I scared him off with my, one of my, one of my takes. Well, that story, that was a version of what went down. And, you know, I, I don't, I like to play along, but I, you know, I didn't really scare him along. I think he was making his way anyways. I gave him a, I gave him a, a, a wing Gretzky type setup to, to, to segue out of there with, uh, with asking him a question, but he wasn't, he was not pissed off. And in fact, his son was like, dude, he loves getting his balls busted, which I wasn't even busting his balls. It was a genuinely, I think it was a very earnest question. I, I asked him. And of course, you know, Adam Oates, I'll bring it up here. Adam Oates, who by the way, for years on the show, I, I frequently said I would put Adam Oates on the same level as a passer as Wayne Gretzky. I'd said it numerous times and whether my co-host called challenged me on it or not. Nope. Like it was like, okay, shrug shoulders. Nobody made a, big point to, you know, call me a dickhead over it. Uh, and cause I didn't see Wayne Gretzky. That's the other thing about Gretzky is, is a dirty little secret is we didn't really see him an awful lot in the, in the United States back in the eighties because uh, the playoffs were the only time, like you didn't see Edmonton or those hockey, like unless you had one of those big giant, like ET satellite dishes in your backyard, like, you didn't see the Edmonton Oilers on TV until playoffs or if they were making the annual visit to your town. So I didn't see him a ton. I mean, you saw the highlights, I saw Adam Oates a ton. I mean, he played here in Boston, and, and I followed his career a little more. And I, I 
genuinely think he is one of the best passes ever. And we were talking, me and Wayne, like me and Wayne, we were sitting there and, you know, we was a small intimate dinner that we were conversing and the guy loves talking hockey. Like it wasn't like I was bugging him and like, tell me more. Like we were legit having an hour conversation and he loves talking hockey and picking his brain. And then we kind of circled down to that point. And I just said, I don't know if I said, was he a better pass than you or were you a better pass? I mean, it wasn't disrespectful in any way. It was like, conversational and he was at the ass end of his of his uh tequila soda there and i gave him a prayer like he was leaving anyway so it was situational right. way i mean it was bad and he saw a perfect opportunity to go and went over to talk he's like this kid just asked me if adam oates is a better pass than me i gotta get out of here and i was i felt like so cheap but like i i'm like but i gotta i gotta stick to my guns here i'm not gonna like get up and walk away and like you know of course they put the camera on me and i say hey same thing I've been saying for years. I thought I, I put them on the same thing and nobody gave a shit now. And now I say, I don't Wayne Gretzky and every, all of a sudden everybody's in a tizzy over it. So, you know, we kind of had some fun with it, but no, he, he, he was a cool shit and I actually got to hang out with him a little bit more when we were in Edmonton um, for the Western conference finals. And we went to the Edmonton oil Kings game. We got to take in a junior game, which was awesome. I, I'd never been to a junior game and Gret, Gretz wanted to go by and talk to the, to the team before. So, we basically sat in the owner's box. Uh, Daryl Cates, the owner of the Edmonton, said, oh, here you go. Here's, here's my box right at Santa Rice. So, you know, Gretzky decided he wanted to go to the game. And now there's 15 people going to the Oil Kings game because, you know, he not that he has an entourage, but he's Gretzky. So it's kind of like there's a ripple effect from what, you know, what he wants to do. And everyone else is going to, you know, kind of kind of change their plans or do what he's doing. And, yeah, we got to hang out a bit. And he, he gave us a tour of, like, the Hall of Fame room in Edmonton and told some stories. And, you know, it's these kind of fly on the wall moments that, that I get to do now. And that like, I really appreciate that, that stuff that you might not see on camera, although the, there might've been a snippet online, but it's it just stuff like that. That's where I like, you know, I treasure that type of stuff. It's off yeah. the record and just having these private moments. And, you know, like that day, for example, like, you know, Gretz, he was, you know, he's, he had been in the building. So he was saying hi to everybody. And Paul Coffey was there, like, you know, and I didn't know, I didn't met, hadn't met Paul Coffey, didn't know him a hole in the wall. And, He's like, oh, this guy, he's got to friggin' say hi to everybody. Like, kind of teasing Gretzky because not most people aren't teasing Wayne Gretzky. And he pulls me in a room and I'm sitting there and, and he's like, oh, what's your name? Tell me about yourself. And I'm like, now I'm sitting in a room with Paul of Fame defenseman Paul Coffey just shooting the shit about life in general and having a chat. And, you the know, nice thing is you can relate to things now because you now you've moved up in the hockey world where you could say, well, I know John Cooper. You know, I, we could have a legit conversation with somebody. Like, you met someone from Charlestown where we know all these same people. Well, now you're like in that upper echelon. Yeah. Awesome. It, it is weird. I don't think he's like a big I don't know how familiar he is with the, with even podcasting the show or whatever, but but, but you have mutual friends. Well, some guys, you know, you know, call they'll sit down and hey, how you doing? And, and everybody's always polite. I mean, there's I would say in six years of doing this, there's only been and I'm not gonna name one guy who kind of made me like I think this guy's trying to make me put me in my spot here a little because there was a bunch of other and it was it was like I wasn't crying in my beard, but you know because it doesn't happen. So when it Frequently, so when it happens, it's noteworthy. You, you know, okay, this guy, I, I get a sense he's kind of being a dick here. That's probably the one time I only ever felt like that. Some guys are cordial and polite. A lot of guys don't sit there and say, hey, well, tell me your story. Tell me about yourself. Like, and that, you know, Paul Coffey did, and that's indicative of the type of guy he was. That, you know, he sat there and, you know, talked to me for 20 minutes, and he had just met me. So uh, he, he was a great fellow, and we haven't recorded anything with, with him yet, but I think I might have landed for a future interview while we, while we were there as well. So see what happens there. All right, we're and dealing, man. All right, we're and dealing. I absolutely love it. Let's transition to some free agency stuff. We absolutely. have to touch on the Flyers because we have a large group from Philly. Obviously, they made some minor cap adjustments uh, to try to bring in Johnny Goudreau, but the team's in limbo, right? They're just in absolute limbo. They have the 
Stallworth goaltender, which was always the issue in Philly. They don't really have any future prospects. They don't really have any future picks. They've spent like 25 million on like five different defensemen that are all like third and second line guys. Like they, they're good, but are they great? Provorov is not turned into the number one guy that everyone thought he would be. Like there's a lot of different things. They took Nolan Patrick and then two picks later, Kel McCarr went, right? So there's a lot of really tough days in Philly. Uh, I love the torch hiring. Everybody talks about that. And if you listen to your podcast, you listen to Missing Curfew, you listen to like players, they love torts. A couple guys are going to tweet out like Dubinsky and say, good luck for Philly. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, that's fine. That's what's great. That's what we need. Honestly, probably need more of that. It's good for chicklets. You guys love it. But at the end of the day, like Philly is in no man's land. I hate to say it. A part of me was like, listen, the ship's burning. So might as well just spend all your money on Goudreau and just pray to God that it all works out. And I said, if you get Goudreau, maybe you get Giroud to come back for nothing. <laughs> but that's the only way he's going to save everything. Obviously, Drew to Ottawa, good for him going back to his hometown. But yeah, tough times in Philly, man. Not good. Yeah, uh, you know, I, 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 the name that comes up all the time when talking to Philly fans. And by the way, I'm, I, I love, I absolutely, I'm not saying this because I'm talking to you. Love Philly fans. I know they have a reputation that precedes them, and it's way, it's, it's, it's doesn't, it doesn't match up with, with, with the experiences. When we go to Philly, the fans are awesome. The dynamite tours always have a ball there, so I do genuinely feel bad. For you had a ball, fans. right? You were doing karaoke, McGillens. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, that's right too. Yeah, little dead flowers, not one you hear all the time, but. And I'm pretty sure they pulled the plug on me too, but that's another story. But I feel bad for Flyers fans because you you deserve better. Now you guys are loyal fans. Chuck Fletcher is the name that people are sick of this guy, and he doesn't seem to be up to the task right now. I I don't know him. I, he might be a great guy, but I don't know if he's in over his head. And he's one of these sort of like guys who's been around the league so so long that you know teams bring these guys on. But you know if you wanted to, if you wanted to sign Johnny Gaudreau this summer as a Flyers GM, then you don't stop planning for that this summer and. And, and trade guys this summer. You plan this years back. Okay, he's going to be unrestricted in two, what two years, three years. You mapped this out way back then, so you have the money ready for him. You don't try to like sign this one and sign that. And honestly, I don't think they were ever in on him at all. I don't even think that um, whatever moves they were making, like um, whatever the buy, oh, like when they bought out Oscar Lindblom, I don't think that was like, oh, let's try to get control. Maybe in Fletcher's mind it was, but. Like and then what uh, he's gonna what's he gonna go there for the, t the team's a tire fire right now I know they're bringing in Torts and Torts will get them playing uh, I I just don't the roster construction right now I mean you look at what they've given up and what they've gotten in return like all the picks they've gotten like I know Ellis is hurt and that's really not Fletch's fault I mean he's he's a he's a top four guy I'm mean, probably a top two guy on that team but you know that's you can't really fault the guy if uh, for saying the guy who ends up getting hurt um, but it's it's a mess man it, it's the roster construction it, it just what what are, what are they doing here? And like last year, I, I mean, people thought they were going to go to the playoffs last year, and and they fell in their face. Now Carter Hart's a guy. I guess the first time we mentioned him, Carter Hart. Like, you know, he you look at it, you know, you might look at his numbers last year, and you know, the, you know and say, oh wow, he had a bad year. But uh, I'm trying to peek at him while I'm talking here, and it's like, no, he didn't. He didn't have a bad year. The you know three one six goals against nine oh nine oh five save percentage. He didn't have a bad year at all. That team in front of him was awful. And like when you when your team is that bad, then yeah, the goalie's going to give goals up. But like, uh, I mean, I don't know how many games he stole, but he was not the problem last year. So no. you still have this young kid in in, in net who, and I wouldn't even say not salvage his career. The kid, he's his career is still in front of him. He's like twenty three years old. He'll be twenty four in, in, in next month. But you know, I, I wonder though if Philly's that far away because the, again, this is a team we we're talking about playoffs last year. 
awful season. Okay, well, are they are they that bad? And you look at the roster, and you know, I mean, obviously Kevin Hayes, he's still got four years left. He's a friend of the program, a, a great player, but last year he was hurt, and he also was playing right after he, he lost his brother. And yeah. you know, like I, you think about, you know, they, what if you have a, a, a nine to five work, construction work, or a secretary, and you and you have a, a, a death in the family of a sibling, and how? How to, is just to go to work, just to get out of bed and do your uh, a job. Now, picture being on, on, on as a professional athlete, we really have to get up and, and and at this, you know, mental level, and you're dealing with such a traumatic thing, and then you get. Like, I felt so bad for Kevin last year because, like, I, how do you put that switch on and off? You know, calling like you you like, you don't your, your older brother like dies suddenly in this horrible way, and and you, you got to go to work and be a pro athlete. And it's like, I thought of him frequently last year and I, I really felt, felt bad for him. And then he, then to get hurt and just compiled everything. And it was just an awful season. I mean, yeah. if Kevin's healthy this year, you're going to, you're going to get a different version of Hazy this year. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, with Torts there, you, they're going to be a different Flyers team. I, I just don't think, I don't know that they're built for, they're not a contender, but you know what? I, I'm, I don't think they're going to be as bad as people think now, now that I'm looking in. Like, I agree. What's I'm in the same boat with that because you know, their team is full of like a lot of second, third, and fourth line guys. Like they just don't have the elite scorer, but Torts has done great with those type of teams. So if Sean Couturier is one of the best two-way centers in the league, right? Yep. Him and Patrice Bergeron over the years, the last really five years, it's been those two up for the Selkie. So it should be interesting to see how that goes with Coots. Defensively, they signed a lot of sec. If they could just be solid defensively in front of Carter Hart, I think they're good. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. And I think, Really, if you look at it, Pittsburgh, you lose Malkin. What's going on there? Uh, the Islanders didn't get Johnny Gaudreau. They have a great team, but they weren't great last year. The Capitals need to win right now. They signed Darcy Kemper. But it it's not as really – it, it looks great on paper, but if you really look at, like, their division, right, what's going on in Boston? They're not in their division, but I'm talking about, like, now you're, now you're moving up to, like, Florida and Tampa and Toronto. It's like – the Flyers may be okay in the Metro because it's it's not as loaded as I think it used to be. That's a that's a great point. That's a really good point because yeah, and like I said, like last year I think we all said, oh, they're going to the playoffs this year, and and Metro they, was loaded. And and you no, know, they had a, I mean they had a co- uh, well two coaches last year. Who who they fight before they brought in Yo? Um, uh, brain fight. Uh, oh, what's um, his name? Elaine. Uh, yeah. And you know, usually when you fire a guy, you bring in a new guy. There's some sort of a bump there. Mike Yo. Got nothing out of them, whether that was on Mike Yo or the team, whatever. Yeah. But, but like I said, I'm looking at the at, at the roster. I mean, Tony D'Angelo, that's a good pickup for them. I mean, I don't like that one. I think people rag him. He had two great years. He, he's good. Yeah, people. Well, I mean, I think that you know the baggage he has. I think people rag on from that. And, hey, that that's you don't like him for that. That's people's prerogative. I I understand yeah. it. Maybe you don't. But you know, I think he also a lot of his stuff is from his past. Like they go back to his junior stuff, and you know he paid it. He paid the fiddle for that stuff. I mean, he was you know it was what, what's he twenty eight? I mean, it was probably 10, 12 years ago, and he screwed up. And you know, I know the the political stuff with the Twitter. Like other people like got on him for that. And again, if you know that's your issue with him, that's fine. Uh, you know, but as a hockey player, uh, uh, teammates love the guy. Like he he's if, if anything maybe too emotional. Which you know, okay, that's something you can harness. But you'd rather have a guy too emotional than people love him, Philly. And he's it, from it, Philly. He's got a place on the Jersey Shore. He's yeah, a huge I, Philly guy. Yeah, it, I like. I, think, it. I like last year in Carolina. I mean, when you know the the Rangers like got sick, I'm like, get out of get out of here. You just too much. You're a pain in the ass. You're fighting teammates, and you know, I think that might have been a humbling lesson for him. Like, okay, like. 
you know, I got to, you know, I got to start doing things a little different here. And then now, now you're going from making four, you know, four and a half million, you, to, you lose your job and you're making a million in Carolina and you kind of had to rewrite his, his career there a little bit. And he, he just, he played his game and he, he earned himself a, a two year, $10 million deal in Philly. And yeah, he's an impactful player. Yeah. Philly. Now that we're kind of healthy too. I, I don't think they're going to be nearly as, as bad. I don't want to say bad. I don't, I don't think they're going to like be what people think. They are. I think they might surprise a few people. Right? And I think, it's a great point, Art. I think that's what people get upsets people, and and we'll wrap up here. I got a couple more questions for you, and we'll wrap. Yeah. I think it's what upsets people is because direction. It's like, okay, you sign a lot of solid players. Well, if you're trying to tank for the for to be in the sweepstakes for these two or three these really good players coming out next year, like don't sign these guys. Yeah, no, and if you're, tanking, yeah. yeah, they're yeah. not tanking. So, okay, they're the loser of free agency. ESPN had them as a loser. I think they're the loser of free agency just because of what's expected in Philly. You know, this is in Arizona, and Arizona had success too, but this is Philly. Like, they're a great hockey organization, and it's changed. So who's the winner? For me, it's Carolina. I like what they did with Burns. I like the Pacioretty trade. Uh, they already have a good team. Wh who's your winner in free agency? Um, I'm just checking my phone, not to be rude, but Nazem Kadri still hasn't gone anywhere, has has he? Unless I, No. Unless I, I would I, love him to come to Philly, but we can't afford him. No, he's not going to Philly. No. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, no, Kadri, I mean, I'm, I'm just checking. He hasn't gone anywhere. You know what? The Columbus Blue Jackets, man, they got Johnny friggin' Gaudreau. Like, I, I know they didn't do anything else, but I, I, this team added an MVP caliber player, and everyone's like, oh, well, Columbus, what the hell is he going there for? He doesn't like – everyone has their theories on why he's gone there. And, and well, I check check what's out next week. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get a little more information. Yeah. Unofficial, yeah, we're going to hopefully, hopefully get him for next show. But um, – you know, like this guy's a dynamic player. He changes like that team completely. And Columbus is a team I I I like them. I, I, there's something about that team. I I, I know they kind of the scrappy underdog because like the the knock on them is who goes there. No, they can't get free agents. That's always been the knock. And and it's not about Columbus, the city. People rave about it. Everyone who plays there loves going there. And no, it's not New York. It's not Chicago. Uh, it's not Miami. But you know what? It's not. Winnipeg. It's not Edmonton either. Not to shit on those towns, but you know, they're cold, wintry towns. And Columbus is, is a nice American city. I think maybe a little bit of a hidden gem in some regards. And now they're adding this player. And you look at their roster, man, and they got some, you know, some pretty good pieces there. And like last year, they, they played an entertaining style of hockey. It wasn't necessarily winning all the time. Uh, but like you bring in like a draw, man, and they already got like you know, well, former flyer, uh, Jakey Voracek. He's you know, he's there, he's only like 32. He's still he's hysterical, him. man. He was great oh, on Ted. Oh my god, like I wish even before and after the interview we had with him, like obviously a lot of stuff we can't couldn't use on the air. Holy shit, like he was one of those guys, like I need to potty with this guy, like absolute savage, Jake Voracek. Those mean, Florida and, and a <laughs> loving thing. Well, let, let, let's say this. Those days of his early Flyers years with young Drew, Mike Richards, uh, Lupul, Carter, those teams, Upshaw. Oh, my, I can't imagine. Like, it's, dude, like, I know when I was 19, 20, and I was a donkey, and, like, I was – well, I was certainly not a rich hockey player. I can't imagine what those – They won a Stanley Cup in 12, you know? That's where uh, the Patrick Kane goal snuck in. I mean, so yeah, twenty, yeah, twenty ten, man, yeah, that was ten. That was, ten. I actually Excuse was at, you know, it's funny. I was at games one and two in Chicago of that of that Stanley Cup. Um, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Vesey, who will just play for New Jersey, yeah. he's a free agent now. Him, his dad, I'm pals with his dad, and uh, 
he's like, Hey, you want to go to the Stanley? You want to go to Chicago for the cup? I was like, uh, yeah. He's like, all right, you get you, I'll get the tickets. You take care of the hotel or the flight or whatever. I was like, sure. So we went out the game games one and two of that. And Philly, man, they almost won that freaking series. That right. was six. That was a powerhouse Chicago team that if they got to game seven, man. Why don't have a goalie? They had two exactly. goalies. I think it was exactly. Michael Layton and Brian Boucher. I mean, and exactly. They got there with those two. And Layton played out of his mind. That was it was yeah. it would have been a miracle if they won, and it would have been like legendary cup. But anyways, back to Columbus, you know, Voracek, uh, uh, Gustav Nyquist, kids a hell of a player. Bjorkstrand, he's really found out game the last couple of years. Ross Levick, I know he had a bit of an off year last year. Uh, and then the defense, Zach Lorensky, you know, he's a top, obviously top pair guy. Uh, Gabranson, they just re-upped. This kid, Gavrikov. I mean, you look at the team, it's a solid roster. There's Leakins and Nett. I love that kid and Nett. We had him on the show a few years ago. Absolute character. Uh, I love getting the Euros on. They got there's a little yeah. something addition when we have them on. I think, you know, I, I'm not too sure on their coach, Brad Larson. I know they just he was they just had him, I think last year was his first year. That's a team in that, you know, they were they were never really close to the playoffs last year, but adding a guy like Johnny Gaudreau, absolutely like Talking, you got to talk about them in the playoffs. If they can just kind of, you know, round off the edges and get, you know, clean up the team D a little bit. Uh, Columbus is a team, yeah, that could certainly be in the mix in that division. But as far as other free agents are signing, I'm trying to think. Uh, to Ottawa Senators, man. I mean. I like that. They got some good young players. Drew, they dumped the Matt Murray deal. I mean, uh, Drew yeah. is like a le- good sneaky leader too. People in Philly like, oh, he's not a leader because he didn't win a cup. Well, listen, he's not That's- Ovi and he's not Crosby. Like, but Stupid. he's. He's right below them and on the superstar echelon. I think that's a huge pickup. I'm an Ottawa fan now because of G. That I like what they did. I think it's a great, great point by you. And I've been all. It's. I mean, I I pes, hashtag pet pesky sends. Like I was all over them last year because you know. I mean, I, I'll throw flies on uh, you know 100 to one, 200 to one, whatever they were last year. People are like, oh, you thought Ottawa was going to win the cup? Like, no, I didn't, you idiot. It's called taking a shot on a long shot. It's 100. I didn't really think they were going to win their Stanley Cup. But God forbid that they did, and I was going to cash in on it. Like, you know, I mean, I'm a gamble. That's, that's a smart man. <laughs> but, yeah, they but they bring in, you know, they signed Giroux, uh, and, they, and then they trade for Debrinkit. I mean, this kid's one of the premier goal scorers in the league. 41 goals twice. He's about 23. Their power play is going to be good. They're going to be really good. I mean, Thomas Shabbat on the back, and uh, Zaitsev, they got some nice pieces there, and they still got a, the pipeline. I mean, they got tons of draft picks coming. They've really built for the future really well. Uh, what's his name? Pierre Dorian. He's done an unreal job getting this team to where they are. And I know that well, the, the the owner, um, uh, Eugene Melnick, passed away. Uh, and, you know, like, I, I word this gingerly, but, you know, he might have been the, the uh, uh, I don't say hindrance, but like that was the big controversy. I think with Otto was the owner. You didn't know what was going, what was going to go on, and now that that's really not an like I, I was like I said, it's an element that doesn't exist now. So I don't know who owns them or whatever, but it seems like the team can just function on its own now. You know what I mean? Like there's no stories about the owner and uh, charity organizations and all this other stuff. It's just the team is just about the team. And Pierre Dorian's done a good job, and their, their coach DJ Smith, probably one of the most underrated coaches in the league because he's in Ottawa, and the team hasn't been winning, but. I watched that team a lot last year because, you know, I'm I'm a big Brady Kachuk guy. I, you know, Big Walt's an old friend of mine, his dad. So I love watching him and Matthew play. I love rooting for him. And watching Brady is just like watching Keith 30 years ago, like ex- to a T. Like same same manner, the number, setting up in front of the net, taking the beat and giving the beat and chewing on the mouthpiece, hanging out of his mouth. It's, it's such a, like, Funny thing to watch, like, oh my god, this is just like watching Keith 30 years ago. Uh, so yeah, I'm a I'm an auto addition of Talbot. Well, they, that was yeah, still running down the roster. Exactly. Now they got a goalie. I mean, Cam Talbot was an all-star last year. 
I mean, and he, I could see he was pissed off about what happened. He went fucking 13 0 3 in his last 16 games last season, and he doesn't get a fucking start in the playoffs till game six with the season on the line. And now you bring him back, Mark Andre, for two more. And that's not a, no diss on Mark Andre, but like if you're Cam Talbot, you're like, what the fuck, dude? What, you know what I mean? You, he's been kind of grinding his whole career. And, you know, then I know his agent, Billy Guerin, had a little pissing contest there. And, you know, like Billy's like, all right, man, like, you have what you wish for, but it's like, you know, I'm going to send you to Ottawa. But, I, you know, now the guy's going to you know, play 50 games a year, 60 games a year. And I don't know. I mean, Minnesota may go on to, to, to win the cup, may not. But I'll tell you, the Ottawa Center is a, a markedly different team than they were a month ago. No doubt about it. The great rear admiral has given us all the facts, all the good stories. Bitten Chicklet's finest, number one hockey show in the world, man. Congrats to you. Congrats to Thank you guys. You, a great product. And uh, always good uh, having you on, man. Thanks for letting me talk your ears off for a little bit, Colin. Much appreciated. I have a ball, man. I love it. All right, buddy. Take care.